Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus in President Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. This is Our American Stories, and when you hear that music, it's time for our final thought segment, a eulogy, a parting thought about a dying loved one. And this story comes... From Willie Lynch of Cambridge, Massachusetts, a scientist and university administrator, he wrote this piece for his wife's best friend that had lost her husband to cancer. And the name of the piece, How My Father's Cancer Diagnosis Saved Our Rocky Relationship. Nothing stays the same for long. Things and people change, often for the worse it seems. But once in a while very much for the better. I grew up on a small farm, living a life that I took for granted. I had a dog without a leash, mountains in whatever direction I looked, and awoke to the call of pheasants in the alfalfa fields. My father also worked in the city as a welder. He was quiet distant, you might say. He was not highly educated, but smart, with an engineer's way of looking at problems. He was a man made of leather, brass, and chewing tobacco, who tried to teach my brother and me useful things, including respect. He had a temper. I did not like him very much. 
One day I came home from school and his car was already there. Once inside, I was told by my mother that he didn't feel well. His back hurt. My father never missed work. In fact, when he came home, he went to the barn to work even more. I remember peeking around the corner at him as he lay on his bed in the middle of the day. I was in elementary school. Multiple myeloma is a type of blood cancer. It starts in the cells that normally make antibodies for the body to use in its immune response against infections. When those cells become malignant, they make antibodies like crazy. As the cancer grows, the person who has it shrinks. The disease saps the body's energy and the antibodies cause problems for other cells and tissues. Bones eventually look like Swiss cheese and when they break, they never heal. For the last year of his life, my father's entire day consisted of rising from his hospital bed in the living room and slowly walking to his chair to sit and think. He was predictably in that chair when I came home one day during the ninth grade. I do not remember where my mother and brother were, but the two of us were alone. He asked me to sit down. What followed? still moves me these decades later. He told me about his life, his family growing up, what it was like in the Pacific during World War II, his loves, his heartbreaks. It was like a pipe had burst, his inner self rushing out to me in a great flood. He had been speaking for maybe an hour or more when I realized that he was doing more than telling. He was asking to be forgiven. All it took was that understanding within me and I forgave everything immediately. When he died, I didn't return to school for a few days. My biggest dread coming back was gym class. It was poorly supervised and bullies ran the show. True to form, on my first day, I was standing there in my shorts when an all too familiar voice bellowed, Lynch. It was a guy who had given many of us a few lumps over the years. I turned to face him and said, what do you want? The other boys didn't say a word as they waited for the beatdown. I heard your dad died, he said. Is that true? I quietly replied, yes. He didn't punch me. He didn't even move. Instead, he said, I'm sorry. I was shocked. I'm sure I cried. Those two words are how I have remembered that kid ever since. What do you do when your enemies reveal that they are also human? I think you either forgive and move forward or hold on to resentment and live in the past. I'm certainly not glad that my father got sick, but at the same time, I realized that if he hadn't, I might never have come to love him. It's the darndest thing. 
It is the darndest thing. And thank you, Willie, for those words, for sharing. And this originally appeared in the Boston Globe. This piece made its way to the Reader's Digest, and it's making its way to you. And we'd love to hear your final thoughts about your loved ones. Go to ouramericannetwork.org. Willie Lynch's story, in a way, his dad's story, and that bully's story, here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. This is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, and we love hearing your stories. Up next, a story from a listener on 1100 KFAB in Omaha, Nebraska. Brett Evanoff joined the Army right before the Gulf War. Here's Brent. I was born in Council Bluffs, Iowa, raised good Midwestern values. I come from a history of family serving in the military all the way back to World War I. Both grandparents fought in World War II. Father, Vietnam era, countless aunts and uncles that had served over the years. That influenced me quite a bit, and I decided to join the military, graduated high school early. Just didn't really quite know what I wanted to do in this world other than serve the military and and go on to, to, to do good things. December 1989, I enlisted as a cavalry scout, and I went through cavalry scout training for Nice, Kentucky, and found myself assigned to the 3rd Armored Cavalry Regiment in Fort Bliss, Texas, May of 1990. And being a new private, you know, the, everything's still new to me, I'm training. In August of 1990, we were out on a two-week field training exercise when Iraq had invaded Kuwait. To all intents and purposes, Kuwait has ceased to exist as an independent, sovereign nation. Good afternoon, everyone. Well, at this hour, Iraq remains in firm control of the tiny, oil-rich country of Kuwait. We had a, a warning order to prepare to deploy to the Middle East. Didn't really understand the consequences of that. We rolled back on post, and there's trains everywhere. We're loading tanks and Bradleys um, on on trains to go to Beaumont, Texas. We're loading live ammunition into these armored vehicles to go to Beaumont, Texas. And uh, we had about 10 days to, you know, kind of finish shots and some, we did some training. Uh, being a 18 year old kid about to turn 19, the last three days we kind of had our own personal time. And to be quite honest, I only remember about a, a third of that time, you know, being, Young kids, off to war, you know, we trained hard and we kind of partied pretty hard. Well, you know, I go over there overseas and uh, get on with my life. Get out, go to college at the University of Iowa, and I graduated. I was a f- Omaha fireman for a little while, and then I proceeded to uh, get interested in anesthesia and left in uh, uh uh, became certified as a certified registered nurse anesthetist and found myself getting married to a woman and we had three beautiful children and you know my my son is interested in going in the military graduating high school much like I did and um, great kid on head on his shoulders but I understand where he's coming from you know you don't know what you want to do and so he uh, was going to enlist in the military and you know I'm in my anesthesia practice and I'm uh, think you know I'm in my mid 40s and uh, comfortable uh, in my lifestyle and you know I think I'm got the world by the tail and uh, I find myself in a case in a seizure case and my sister texted me about uh, noon said hey can you talk and I uh, text her back I'm in a case can I call you later she said well call me when you get home and I get home that day it was in February of, of uh, 2018 
and I clicked back in the recliner, I remember it vividly, and the ceiling fan was on low, and she said, uh, Brent, are you sitting down? And she's 12 months younger than me, and I know people out there with siblings, they know when they're messing with you or when something all of a sudden is very serious. And I said, yeah, I'm sitting down, sis, what's going on? She uh, bluntly told me that I have a 26-year-old son I don't know about. And I vividly remember looking at the ceiling fan. I watched the blade go around three times, and I kind of said, sis, I'm going to need a little more information. Well, the back story was my mom was OR housekeeping at another hospital, retired two years earlier. She got into genealogy and swabbed her buccal membrane and sent it in. And she gets like an email back saying, hey, you two need to really talk. And my mom didn't know what to do, so she contacted my sister, and my sister kind of was emailing this guy, and it turns out this guy was uh, in the United States Navy station in Italy. And he said, you know, I, you know, on my birth certificate it says father unknown, you know, if he doesn't, this person doesn't want to be a part of my life, I understand that. If they could tell me a little bit about my, maybe my genetic history, if I need to be concerned about anything, I'd appreciate it. And I'm just floored, you know, here I have the world by the tail, and and uh, and then something like this happens to you unexpectedly. I, you know, you're only on this earth, you know, a snap of a finger, fraction of a second of time. Why would you not want to get to know someone like that? And so I said, yes, Chris, I would love to, you know, get a hold of him. And my sister sent me a picture of him. You know, we look alike. His mother was down at Fort Bliss, Texas, the same time period I was. and. You know, I, I just harken back to that time where being a, you know, raise your hand if you've never done anything irresponsible. I remember vividly video conferencing with this guy and up pops this, uh, this handsome young stud in the United States Navy serving overseas and we kind of just, you know, said hello and, you know, got to know each other a little bit and, uh, it was really a, a, a wonderful experience and, you know, as uh, I, you know, a month later, I kind of talked to my family and, you know, told them the story and how good head on his shoulders, um, you know, and we just kind of fomented this relationship of, you know, getting to know each other, you know, and this, this kid has a, a, an amazing ability to, you know, um, I felt guilty, um, you know, because I missed being a father to him during impressionable years. Um, and I felt guilty a lot of time. And he, and he kept interrupting me saying, hey, let's not look in the back, the rearview mirror. Let's let's look down the road and just enjoy what we have. And, and it, you know, a lot of times it brings me to tears, to be quite honest, that this uh, young man can be so strong. And it it's really humbled me in a lot of ways. So fast forward, um, my son's in the United States Army. And, I, and again, I call my my son that I've always known, my old young son and Tyler, my new old son. You know, he's in the Navy overseas in Italy. Um, my son, my uh, son Nicholas, my old young son is in the Army in Korea. And I've got two high school girls. and. Uh, you know, when I got out of the army, I spent four months backpacking through part of North Africa and, and Europe, and uh, quite an adventure. And, and come to find out, my my new old son um, has traveled extensively through Europe and has military history interests, interests much like I do. And my son Nicholas, my uh, old young son, I thought, wow, you know, what an amazing experience. My two sons had not met. Um, that summer, I flew Tyler from Italy um, to meet his sisters for the first time. Unfortunately, my son was already in the army in, in Korea at that time. So I thought, how can we all just kind of um, uh, take this blessing and tie it all in together? I came up with a solution to, um, I'd never traveled to, to Far East Asia. Um, so I put this out there um, and it kind of came together in May and June. We spent 30 days backpacking through South Korea, Vietnam, Thailand, and Cambodia to be able to see my sons meet for the first time and just kind of can try to connect ourselves as a family as best we can underneath the circumstances. And boy, was it 
humbling and an amazing experience. Um, so we're traveling, um, getting to know each other. Um, Tyler, my new old son, does not have sisters, so um, watching them interact and new big brother kind of as we're spending 30 days together, literally staying in hostels and kind of roughing it, you know, that's kind of what, what the adventure we were looking for. Um, teasing his new sisters and likewise the sisters teasing their new older brother back and brothers and brothers kind of interacting. Um, you know, it, as a, as a father, it, um, it really, you know, kind of, I was very, very happy. And you're listening to Brett Evanoff. He finds out he has a 26-year-old son he never knew. And this became the gift, a blessing, as he said. And the son says, let's not look in the rearview mirror, Dad. When we come back, more of this remarkable voice, this beautiful story, Brett Evanoff's story, here on Our American Stories. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, Boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com OAS. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash O-A-S. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we continue with Our American Stories and Brett Evanoff's story. And the family is reuniting my new old son, my old young son, and his two daughters. Well, traping around in Southeast Asia, getting to know each other better. Let's continue with the story. We decided that we wanted to see Vietnam. And um, in order to see really Vietnam, uh, they don't have a reliable public transportation system, so you have to ride motorcycles. And I, uh, through a lot of research, I found a, a guide out of Da Nang, and uh, we spent five days uh, touring on motorcycles. Um, my daughter riding behind me and my other daughter riding behind the guide and my two sons riding their own motorcycles. And we drove along the Ho Chi Minh Trail um, out of Da Nang, headed south to the Aishaw Valley. And we got a permit from the communist government to climb Hamburger Hill and, and uh, uh, rode to Quezon. And everywhere we're going, we're stopping in little villages and meeting these people. and and still seeing a lot of remnants from the war in a lot of ways. Um, and we find ourselves at Quezon. And um, well, we're looking around at some of the bunkers that had, that had collapsed and were there. And a village, local villager came up to me and he had some trinkets and he wanted to sell them. And I looked at them and the first thing I saw was a US military dog tag. And then I saw a North Vietnamese, rusted North Vietnamese army medal and so a few other trinkets and so forth. And, and I knew I wanted them. So I, I paid, I think I paid like $7. And, you know, we went on with our trip, um, connected as a, as, a, as, a, as a family and uh, had an amazing experience. You know, um, my, my son that I've never known comes into my life and we kind of come full circle with the family that he's never known and my family with a son they never knew. Well, we get back from our trip to Omaha and I go back to work and I start researching, you know, on my time off, uh, this, this name on this tag. Well, this name kind of had a unique first name spelling. So I, uh, first thing I did is I used internet search to find, see if he was maybe one of the 68,000 that were killed in the Vietnam War. And his name wasn't on there, which kind of gave me hope that maybe I can might be able to reconnect this piece of property to a U.S. military serviceman. My preliminary uh, internet searches weren't coming up with anything. I, my wife got interested and she kind of helped me look around. And because of the gentleman's unique first spelling of his first name, we come across an old obituary from Minnesota of a gentleman that perhaps was this guy's father in the print it said survived by um, this gentleman and his wife and my wife took the first name of his wife and the last name and uh, looked on social media and uh, found a Carol Hammond and we uh, got a phone number and I called and it was a voice machine and I said you know hello sir you know my name's Brent Evanoff from Omaha I just returned from Vietnam and if uh, I came back with a piece of property that, um, that you may have left over there, if you're, you know, the mister uh, that uh, happened to lost this property over there, you, would you please call me? And So a week went by, and uh, it was a weekend, and I'm doing stuff around the house, and I get a phone call from this gentleman, and he says, yes, uh, 
you know, this is me. Um, I did serve, I served actually two tours in Vietnam. Um, you know, how can I help you? And I proceeded to tell them that, you know, uh, I was traveling over there and, and uh, purchased this dog tag. And uh, he, the first thing he asked me, he goes, what numbers are on there? And I proceeded to tell them and he goes, oh, that was from my second deployment. Well, he proceeded to tell me his story and uh, he grew up in Northern Minnesota and uh, got in a little bit of trouble three months before the graduation from high school. And back then uh, you either went to jail or you went in the military and he chose the military and found himself uh, in the 173rd Airborne in Vietnam, uh, 1967, 1968. He told me that, you know, that he was wounded um, with a, a roadside bomb that uh, was command detonated and, uh, you know, he. Uh, if it wasn't for him wearing a, uh, the radio that day, that he probably would have lost his life because a large piece of shrapnel had torn into the radio, and he he was wounded in the leg and and uh, and got knocked out actually, and came conscious and and recovered from that, um, and went on to serve in uh, Berlin, Germany during the 60s and the Cold War. Decided that uh, he wanted to go back to Vietnam, so if found himself in the 101st Airborne in 1969-1970 uh, in um, Vietnam, and he said that time was, uh, you know, a lot different than this first tour. They were doing missions of, uh, you know, that they didn't necessarily always wear their rank or their insignia or patches, and and uh, he was in the Battle of Tam Key, and there, his platoon of 35 found themselves surrounded um, in a gun battle for uh, 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 at least a day, I thought maybe he said two, and and when the battle was over, he uh, out of the 35, he was one of seven survivors, and in fact, of those seven, two were not wounded, and he was one of them. And he proceeded to tell me that he decided that, you know, back home in Northwoods, Minnesota, was a place that he'd like to go, and found himself there, and he actually runs a, uh, a retreat for a local veterans group up there, and and hopefully one day I can meet him. Well, we had a wonderful phone call. I um, hung up and I told him that I'm gonna be mailing this piece of property to him. And I said, um, I, I bought it from a villager in Quezon. And he goes, wow, you know, I, I never stepped one foot on Quezon. I operated about 50 miles south of there, actually. Um, the only thing I can come up with is, you know, trading over time, villagers and so forth. And uh, and he doesn't remember one incident where he uh, specifically lost his dog tag. But uh, I mailed it to him and, you know, I, I get an email about a week later from his wife. Um, and it's, it you know, his wife says it, it really, my uh, effort to track him down and return a piece of property from his past really uh, meant a lot to him. And, uh, you know, in my story just kind of comes to a conclusion that two circles have been closed. A son I never met before, um, reunited with his father and family that he's never known. And that um, through our travels together as a family, forming a, um, a new relationship that uh, we're able to kind of bring full circle um, a veteran's passed to him by reuniting him with something as simple as a dog tag, which any member who's been in the military knows how much that is a part of their life at the time. So, you know, um, that those two experiences combined really humbles me as a, as a father, as a, you know, a human being and uh, an American that, uh, you know, just when you think that you think you have life figured out, you know, the older I get, the more I firmly believe life is truly stranger than fiction. Indeed, and that's what we learn here every day, telling stories, especially our listeners, telling stories. Great job, as always, by Robbie on the production, and a special thanks to Brett Evanoff. And what a thing to do for a guy. Most people would have taken that dog tag and stuck it someplace. But he decided to track the person down who it belonged to. And I only know that my, my grandparents would have loved to have had a dog tag or letters, or anything from the son that died in World War II, and all we got was a flag. So for anybody who served and lost somebody, or even not lost somebody, the importance of this paraphernalia, well, it's not small. By the way, uh, this show, as you know, is free to you, but it is not free to make. 
and any donations you'd like to make to us to continue to hear beautiful stories like this, well, they'd be appreciated. Send any donations to OurAmericanStories.com. We're a nonprofit, and we love what we do, and I know you love listening to these stories, but we want to keep telling them. Brett Evanoff's story, straight out of 1100 KFAB in Omaha, Nebraska, here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we continue with our American stories. And as you know, we tell stories about everything here. And this one is a military family story. And you're going to hear right now from Mike McDaniel, a retired U.S. Navy captain himself. He shares with us a few defining moments of his life from way back when, when he was just a little boy, growing up as the son of a naval aviator deployed in Vietnam. We grew up as a Navy family. We had many gatherings where the families would get together, the wives and the children, so we kind of a community within the aviation squadrons. And I remember one day, I can remember it like it was yesterday, May 19th, it was a beautiful day outside, Friday afternoon, happy-go-lucky third-grade kid, walking home from school, couldn't wait to get home, spend the weekend playing with my buddies in the neighborhood. And as I approached the house, I noticed there were about a dozen cars in the driveway and along the street. And again, not atypical for a, for a Navy family because they get together, so I didn't think anything out of it. So I went in the house, and as soon as I walked in the house, uh, Mrs. Miles, who was a wife of another squatter mate of my dad's, uh, came up and she says, you're going to come home with me for the weekend and spend the night and with Gary and Larry, they were her sons that were kind of two of my good friends. Oh, okay, so I didn't really have anything planned, but it sounded okay. So uh, we uh, got in her car, and on the way to her house, we stopped at a High's ice cream store. High's ice cream stores at that time were like candy heaven for a kid. You could get ice cream, multi-flavors, and they had these candy racks. You can remember, they were like, you know, they were huge as, as I remember them as a kid. And she said to me, Michael, get whatever you want, as much as you want. Red flag, something, something's not right here, but hey, what a great opportunity. So I remember going up to the candy rack and just stuffing my arms and glancing over her every once in a while to see if I kind of was reaching the threshold. And she just was like, you know, go up for it. So literally as much as I could carry, I took up to the counter. The next morning she brought me back. And I remember they used to have these big bubblegum sticks back when we were kids. They were called Big Buddies. And there were these long things of bubblegum. And I remember about five minutes out from the house, I tore that thing open. And I stuffed that whole thing in my mouth. And uh, she got, let me out, say goodbye. So I walked in the house and my mom met me at the door. And she said, let's go back to your room. I need to tell you something. So we walked back to my bedroom and she said, let me hold your bubblegum because what I'm going to tell you is going to make you cry. And then she said that my dad had been shot down the previous day over Vietnam and was currently in the jungle of North Vietnam and they were going to hopefully rescue him later that day. And that was the last thing we heard for the next three years. So for those first three years of his six-year time away, we didn't know if he was dead or alive. And I remember my dad telling me, and one of the last things he said to me was, take care of the family while I'm gone. So here we were, I was in the third grade, my brother was two years younger, and my sister was only four. And uh, at the time, the Navy had told my mother for us not to tell anybody that he had been shot down, family or friends. And I was just like, how do you do that? How do you go without a father and do this? I remember wanting to think he was okay, but not wanting to think he was okay if he really wasn't. So that was kind of a balance. Tough thing to, to, to think through as a young, young boy. It was three years later, and it was the day of the solar eclipse in Virginia Beach. I remember the full solar eclipse of the sun, which is kind of a big deal. And I had a little league um, basketball championship game, and I was a pretty decent basketball player back then, and I was spending the night with Petey Bowerman, whose dad was our coach. We had the early game, it was like an 8.30 game, and it was a championship game. Mrs. Bowerman or one of them came in the room and you know we were just waking up and she says, Michael, your mother's on the phone. I remember these words too, she said, 
Michael will have some wonderful news. And up until that point, anytime she had said that, I thought something about dad, something about dad. But it would be something like the grandparents are coming to town for the weekend or we're going somewhere. It was like a letdown. And this time I remember vividly thinking the grandparents are coming to town for the weekend. And she says, a list came out today. The North Vietnamese released a list of 14 names of men being held officially as POWs and your dad's names on it. We know he's alive. And it was like the weight of the world came off my shoulders. I went to the basketball game and I normally scored about 10, 12 points. And I think I made a score two. I could really care less what happened with the game. And then the reality set in, okay, he's alive. Now what? Well, let's get this war over with and let's get him home. That was a very tumultuous time of the war. And now I understand it better, you know, because of the history of it, but Ho Chi Minh had died. So a lot, of, a lot of changes were taking place in Vietnam, but the streets were wild with protesters and the, uh, the anti-war movement. And it was just like everything was spinning out of control. And here's your dad languishing in a prison somewhere. Okay, then let me fast forward to when we found he was coming home. The ceasefire had taken place in the Paris peace talks where they were, they were negotiating. And then they announced they were gonna release the first wave of POWs that were there the longest. And my dad was gonna be part of the second wave of prisoners to come home. Well, the first wave came home and that was such a joyous occasion. I can remember Jeremiah Denton walking off the plane and doing his God bless America. It was just wonderful. And, and you knew my dad was gonna be in that next wave of those that were released. And then the, the peace treaty broke down. And so they delayed the release. It was like a bad dream. It's just a horrible feeling. Then they, they finally did have the release date, but something else had happened. Because of the first wave that came out and started getting their debriefings, because they started that right away, they found out about what my dad had gone through in 1969. There was an escape attempt. The Navy psychologists came and sat down with us as children and told us, your dad went through a real rough go. There was some real severe torture. We're not sure what kind of shape he's gonna be in mentally. And that scared me to death as a kid. And I, I guess I appreciate them trying to prepare us, but that's not something you say to a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. I, I remember being horrified by what, what, what now? What else is coming? So they take off from Hanoi, and we know he's on his way to the Philippines. And this is before internet, this is before cable television just network television at the time. The plane was going to land in Clark Air Force Base in the Philippines, like at four in the morning, our time on the East Coast. So my mom comes in to each of our bedrooms while we're asleep before she wakes us up and takes a Polaroid picture of us sleeping before she wakes us up. I think I'm laying there with my dog with my mouth wide open or something. So she wakes us up and we all gather around the television. And my mom, she's on the floor on her knees in front of the television. And you see this plane land, and then it taxis up to the tarmac. And they bring the ladder up, they open the door, and the POWs start coming out one by one. And you see this guy, you could tell he was tall, and he's there, and all you see is from about the chest down, and he's adjusting his belt line. We call it a gig line in the Navy. You can make sure your, your shirt is lined up with your pants, trousers, and your belt buckle. It's just a Navy thing, I think, you know. And you just knew it was him. And my mom dissolves into tears on the floor. I mean, she's just on the floor, just sobbing. And we're like, mom, not now, not now. You got to watch this. So she never saw it. She saw, had to see on the reruns the next day. Then he walks down the ladder. There he is, as large as life, your dad getting on free soil. You know, that was so cool. So then let me go back to the, the time where they're supposed to come into Norfolk, Naval Air Station Norfolk. And there were like, thousands, probably 10,000 people that had come to the airfield to watch this, watch these men come home. They were going to fly to Travis Air Force Base, then to Naval Air Station Norfolk, but it got fogged in. And again, it's like, what next? You know, it was like one more thing that was delaying it. So what they did, they ended up flying into Oceana and then driving from there to the hospital in Portsmouth where they were going to be. So the crowd never saw all that, but they transferred us to the hospital. This black sedan drives up into the conclave of the hospital, and the door opens, and out pops this guy in this navy khaki 
full dress uniform who you've been waiting for for seven years because he was almost towards the end of a year long deployment. Large as life, looking so sharp even though he's pretty skinny. But he just rushes to the family, hugs my mom first, then picks up my sister in his arms, and then we all kind of gather around, and he says a few words, and it, it was like, yes, we're there, yes. And you're hearing a grown man recalling a really tough time in his life, almost breaking down and crying. And again, that was Mike McDaniel, a retired U.S. Navy captain, and his dad, Captain Eugene Red McDaniel, who flew A-6s in Vietnam, shot down on his 81st combat mission. What a great story. Mike McDaniel's story, his dad's story, here on Our American Stories. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.